Well, good morning, Missio. It looks like people are coming back in and uh, sounded like a few people got cut off in mid-conversation. Um, and that happens every week. So if uh, if you did get cut off, I would backtrack and, and make sure you catch up with people during the week. Um, that five, six minutes is never long enough, I don't think. But good to see you. I'm Joel, if you are a guest with us. Um, I'm one of the pastors here and um, just grateful to be with you. Um, I love, like this morning, I, I realized when I turned on the screen that there's like Christmas decorations in a lot of people's houses. Um, and we are right in the midst of um, that Christmas Advent season. Last week, we started the Advent season and uh, started a series called Divine Disruption. Uh, we started with the, the theme of hope and this week we'll uh, focus on the theme of peace. Hopefully um, all of you have in hand and had gotten the Advent packet uh, that we sent out or brought to you. Um, and that uh, is a, there's a mosaic inside and some scripture reading. For me, it's been a blessing uh, to sit down each morning, uh, slow down and read through these daily verses. And what I've, what I've found is that, um, yeah, that slowing down and, and pacing myself through scripture has, has been a blessing. Um, if you didn't get one, um, the, you can get one online um, at missioportland.org and click on the um, divine interruption link and you can download those pages, um, both the mosaic and the, the readings. And I know that a lot of you have said that um, that you need some of the accountability and consistency to be in the word. And so hopefully this uh, daily devotional um, will help kickstart that and develop um, consistent rhythms and patterns uh, into the next year, 2021. But one of the things that I've noticed and, and one of the things that I committed to this last year in 2020 is to create that consistent rhythm, that consistent morning routine. So I've been getting up at 6 a.m. before the rest of the house wakes up. Um, I brush my teeth, um, I make a cup of coffee, and then I sit down at the dining room table. Lately, it's been pretty cold, and so I find a sweatshirt or something and turn on the heat too. <laughs> but um, I spend time in the word and in prayer. And, and that has been really good for my soul. And then if I have time, I, I open up the news with my iPad or with my phone and start reading. And you can imagine in this last year, 2020, how um, that part of my morning routine has fared. Um, you know, you sit there, you enjoy a cup of coffee, you enjoy time with Jesus, and, um, and then you open the news to a worldwide pandemic you open the news and you read that hospitals are filled to capacity with sick and uh, record numbers of deaths this year, this, this week. Um, US presidential elections that are in question, racial injustice and tensions rising throughout the nation. 
an unstable economy causing numbers, uh, record numbers of unemployment. And then even in our own city, like the homeless camps and the spread across the city. That morning coffee starts to taste a little bit bitter, right? And um, reading those headlines just, just creates an uneasiness. In 2020, it, it hasn't been that good to us. Our world does not seem to be at peace. Our nation does not to seem to be at peace. Our state doesn't seem to be at peace. Our city doesn't seem to be at peace. Even our families don't always seem to be at peace. My heart doesn't seem to be at peace. Now we all long for and desire peace, don't we? I've heard um, so many of us this year keep saying, I can't wait till 2020 is over. Like I'm just done with this year. And we all know that um, once that calendar flips in 2021, there isn't going to be a magical end to the world's problems and our life problems. The promise of, even of a vaccine coming, um, it, it still will take time. Schools and work and churches will eventually resume in person, but it's going to take time. I think what we all are hoping for and longing for is, is something um, in the lines of that frustration building, that anxiety driving, fear inducing, anger raging thing in our lives to, to just kind of dissipate and go away. And all we really want is to get out of the situation we're in, to find peace. But the Bible describes peace differently than the absence of chaos, fear, anxiety, strife, strife and stress, right? The Bible actually talks about shalom in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, they talk about irene, irene. both words meaning peace. In the Hebrew, shalom means complete or wholeness, a state of well-being um, in relationships and in situations. In Greek, the irene, whole, it means wholeness when all essential parts are joined back together. Peace is something that I believe we all long for. Since sin entered the world, there's been a longing for wholeness and well-being, for togetherness in humanity. You see, in in the Old Testament, in the beginning of our, our Bible, Adam and Eve were in a perfect relationship with God. But they fell for the serpent's lies. God gave them the freedom to eat and use everything in the garden except the tree of good and evil. But the serpent convinced them um, it wasn't enough. He convinced them that being created in the image of God and being in relationship with him wasn't enough. So they disobeyed God. They disobeyed his instruction and they ate from the tree of good and evil. And from that point on, their eyes were opened and they felt shame and separation. Wholeness, togetherness with God and his created order was severed. We read about this 
in Genesis 3, 8 through 10, after they have eat, they had eaten from the, from the fruit, from the tree. And so let's start there in Genesis 3, 8 through 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and the wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, the Lord God, among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Mr. in the beginning, there was peace. Peace wasn't equated with stillness and quiet. It wasn't equated with the absence of chaos, fear, strife, or fighting. Because there wasn't any of that yet. Peace was equated with the nearness to God. God walked with his people in the garden in the cool of the day. All was, was just as it was meant to be. There was a personal relationship between God the Father and his created beings, man and woman. Peace with God was unrestricted. Can you imagine this? That we, we, we really don't actually know what that timeline was when Adam and Eve actually uh, were sinless and they were able to walk with God. Prior to this, they, they, were, they were with God. They walked in the cool of the day. They had relationship with him. They could see him and talk to him. But think about that relationship that God had with them prior to that fall, that togetherness. Everything was as it was supposed to be. There was peace there. There was shalom and there was irony. Access to his presence was, was then disrupted when Adam and Eve sinned. They were sent away from the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 3.24, it talks about um, their relationship was broken and, and mankind continued to be distanced from God. Today, we are in the same situation. We're in the same situation as Adam and Eve, aren't we? We're all separated from God because of sin. We lack peace with him. Romans 3.23 describes it this way. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace, a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All have sinned. What, what is actual sin? The way that I describe it and have explained it to my kids over the years is sin is when we put ourselves before God and before others. It's this idea of narcissism that we are better and we are, are we know more or we, we put ourselves ahead of God. It's the same thing that Adam and Eve did, right? So we put ourselves before God or before others. The greatest commandment is to love God and love others as ourselves. And when we're not doing that, we're actually in sin. So we all fall short of the glory of God. There's a distance between us and God and our, we're unable to fully connect because we're incapable of not sinning. 
We're always trying to put ourselves before others, always trying to put ourselves before God. But there's good news. God wants to be near us. He pursues relationship with us. I love that we open today with with Jenica sharing um, the passage from Zephaniah, I believe, and then Kelly leading us through that song, all about the nearness of God, all about relationship with God, that peace. Ephesians 2, 13 through 14 explains it another way, if, if that Romans passage was a little bit confusing. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. What these passages are talking about is knowing we have peace with God, that theological understanding of what we call positional justification. Big word, right? But it just means that we're made right with God. The wholeness is coming back. That togetherness is coming back. We had a severed relationship with God. We were distant from him because our sin and our selfish desires. But God in his grace and his mercy sends Jesus to bring peace, to restore wholeness, to put us back together, all the essential parts of our relationship so that we can be near God. So that theological positional understanding for those who have put their faith in Jesus, we know it to be true. Right? We know it to be true that we are justified. We know it to be true that we can be near God again. But how does that truth actually translate to our day-to-day? How does peace with God, the nearness with God, change the way we live in the midst of this crazy, uncertain time? All those headlines we read each day, all the ways that in our daily life we're struggling right? How does it change us? Now, if peace isn't the absence of chaos, the absence of fear, anxiety, stress, and strife, but it's more about the presence of God, then we might have to approach things differently, right? So many times I find myself praying, God, just take it away. God, take away this fear, take away this anxiety, take away this anger. I pray, Lord, why can't you just give me a moment of calm in my schedule? Why can't you get this this computer to work so my kid can get online? God, just fix the racism and the issues of our city and our world. You know, God didn't just bring us into existence, friends. He didn't just bring us into existence and leave us to our own devices to figure things out. His desire is to be present with us in the good and the bad, in the frustrating and the anxiety-filled moments. Instead of asking God to take it away, 
He reminds us that he is near, that he is present. He wants to lead us through it. He wants to make the, these disruptions divine moments. Do you see what I did there? Divine disruptions, right? The, the disruptions of our lives, our daily lives, are opportunities for the divine moments of God to come and to lead us through. He sees your fear. He sees your anxious moments. He says, I see you, son. I see you, sis. I'm here. Instead of asking Jesus to simply take away those moments, would we invite him into those spaces? Would we invite him to come and be near and take us through those moments? Isaiah 41, 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up. I will uphold you with the righteous hand. You see, when... When we get into those moments, we have a promise from God that we don't have to fear. He is with us. Don't be dismayed. He is God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. In John 14, 26 through 27, Jesus tells his disciples that he is sending the Holy Spirit. It starts like this, John 14, 26 through 27. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Jesus gives us an advocate. He gives us a helper. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is described as peace. Right? Holy Spirit is peace. To continually be with us. To indwell us. It's a peace that the world can't give. The world isn't doing a great job of bringing peace, is it? We live in this world that cancel culture is how we bring peace. You aren't with me, so bye-bye. See you later. I'll cut you out. We live in a culture that blames others. It's not my fault. It's those people. I had nothing to do with it. We look for echo chambers where we look for like-minded people to tell us that everything we do, everything we believe, everything we want is right. Everybody is in agreement. And if not, then, hey, we'll go back to cancel culture and cut you out. The world's strategy is to escape to distract, to cover up, 
to medicate in order to find peace. Jesus says that it's a peace that the world can't give. The peace that he offers, the world can't understand. Jesus comes near. Jesus gives us, the followers of Jesus, Holy Spirit. You see, when Jesus says in Matthew 28, I will be with you to the end of the age, he's referring to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the one who empowered Jesus to stand up to the rulers and the leaders of the day. The Holy Spirit that empowered him to perform miracles, to heal the sick, to calm the storms. The Holy Spirit who empowered him to raise from the dead on the third day, that is who is with us to the end of the age. You see, it was the Holy Spirit who was with Jesus in times where we would say it wasn't peaceful. Think back through all those stories. I cannot remember a time, I can't envision a time where Jesus wasn't at peace, out in the desert being tempted. I don't see him frazzled. When the disciples were in the storm, he's walking on water, he, he, he was not afraid. In the storm when, when it's raging and they're like, Jesus, save us, he just stands up and calms the storm. I can't think of an artist who has made a rendering of Jesus where he looks like he's anxious, where he looks like he's not at peace. You see, Jesus knew who he was, the son of God. Jesus knew that the Holy Spirit was with him and was empowering him. He was doing only what the father was telling him to do. That's wholeness. That's together. That's everything moving correctly between father and son. So we, let me see where I'm at. Holy Spirit dwells with us and is with us to the end of the age. And especially, especially in times like today. Wow, someone's calling me. In 2020, it's provided us with epic disruptions. Those disruptions continue regardless of the end of the year, of the calendar flipping. And honestly, things may never go back to normal, they may never be the same again. We can pray that God takes it all away and we um, would experience the absence of conflict. Or we can pray that the peace, the wholeness and the connectedness we have with God through the Holy Spirit that Holy Spirit would empower us to step up into that moment, to step into the hard things and be and bring peace, be people of peace 
in this world. Holy Spirit will teach you and remind you of all the things Jesus said to his disciples. He can bring to you and bring to your mind the scriptures, like Psalms 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Or Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Holy Spirit brings to mind verses like this, like Philippians 4, 6, 7. Do not be about anything, but in everything pray and, and in supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus' arrival is peace. And we can experience peace with God, his nearness to God now. It's not later. It's not far off in the future. It's not when his kingdom comes again. It's now. You've been given that spirit of peace. So knowing and experiencing that God is near and we have a positional peace with God is only part of the journey. Peace is not passive. Jesus brought peace into the world. We were given the Holy Spirit who is active in teaching, directing, instructing, and empowering us. We are called to be peacemakers people who bring the gospel of peace into every space we inhabit. Guys, we don't sit back. We don't steer clear of conflict. Peacemaker, a peacemaker is someone who is actively seeking to reconcile people to God and to one another. Peacemakers look to bring wholeness and flourishing. Peacemakers show grace and look for goodness when they step into spaces. They bring a sense of calm, a sense of, a sense of love, mercy, wisdom, patience, and justice. We're called to be peacemakers. Friends, I'm, I'm challenging you in this season and moving on forward into 2021. How are you going to be a peacemaker? Maybe it's in your workplace where you're experiencing a lot of tension between coworkers or between your supervisors. How will you bring peace? How can you extend grace? How can you extend mercy? Where's the wisdom that you have that comes from the Holy Spirit? Maybe you're called into being an advocate of justice to spaces where there's inequality, to spaces where there's racial injustice. 
How can you be a peacemaker that brings goodness, flourishing, hope, wholeness? Maybe it's stepping in with safe, safe families and joining those at Missio who are already supporting and encouraging families. You see, we have the gospel of peace. We have a relationship with God. We have been positionally restored. We have the nearness of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. And as peacemakers, we bring that to the world. We look at Jesus as our example, as a peacemaker. He is the Prince of Peace. He has come. Monsieur, I'm challenged this year, this coming year, to be a peacemaker. And again, that doesn't mean we get to sit back and just kind of avoid. A peacemaker is active. A peacemaker goes forward. And we look for the opportunities to bring the gospel. We look for the opportunities to bring wholeness and flourishing, to bring shalom, to bring irene. So here's the three questions I have for you as we wrap up. What brings you a sense that God is near? Have you put in practices that allows you to sense the peace of God in your life? Have you slowed down, opened the word, soak in it? Have you practiced listening to God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit? What brings you that sense that God is near? In the same way, what are the rhythms, um, what rhythms can you put into practice that invites God's peace and presence? It's the same idea. And lastly, how will you be a peacemaker? What tangible thing can you do to bring the gospel of peace to your family, to your neighbors, to the city of Portland and beyond. Miss you, I pray that we are peacemakers, that because we've experienced the nearness of God, we can actually bring the nearness of God to others. It's never been about ourselves. It's always been about this mission to go out and to make Jesus known. So as you get to experience the peace of God this Christmas. I pray that you can bring it to others too. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for being near. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for dwelling amongst us that we can experience peace with God that we can experience relationship with God the Father. 
And Lord, in that, we know you call us out to be peacemakers. You call us out to go and bring that gospel of peace to others. And would we do that with bravery? Would we do that with conviction? Would we do that in the empowerment that you've given us? That we would stand up in the face of chaos, that we would stand up in the face of anxiety and stress and anger and all these injustices, and we would go forward with you our God who is near us. Thank you that you bring peace into the world. And thank you that we get to partner with you to continue to do the same. We love you and are just so humbled by the call you've given us to be peacemakers. In Jesus' name, amen.